Das Leben kann hektisch sein. Warum nicht dem Alltag entfliehen und in die magische Welt von Evermerge eintauchen? Evermerge ist ein magisches Land, das mit jeder Entdeckung größer und besser wird. Werde ein Merge Master. Baue und sammle einzigartige Gegenstände oder verschönere deine eigene wundersame Welt. Im Land von Evermerge gibt es immer etwas zu tun. Evermerge. Jetzt kostenlos im App Store herunterladen. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that loves a bit of craft work. We do indeed. Now, Chelsea got the job done against a lively Fulham with, shall we say, some ruthless efficiency. All the more appropriate that it was the ruthless efficiency of one German aided by another German and by Chelsea's most efficient player of the season. You can see that there's a theme running already. Anyway, Kai... The Kaiser Havertz. Oh, clever, Chidge. Put away. I think I think that's what Kai is short for. I I think it's official. The Kaiser. Anyway, more of that later, JK. Anyway, Kai the Kaiser Havertz put away two good goals at the start of each half. The first all down to Mason Mount's magic touch, and the second oh. a well-worked Eins Fai with none other than Timo Werner. As a result, Chelsea maintained their position of fourth in the table. Uh, but with West Ham and Spurs winning, top four is still not in the bag with a run of tough games to come. But let's face it, the Fulham game was little more than a distraction before the main event of the second leg of the Champions League semi-final against Real Madrid on Wednesday this week. Let's hope that Chelsea's Mercedes can drive through the Spanish Seats to reach their third Champions League final. And the title of this show tonight is Eins Fai. The Chelsea fancast 818, and I can see the smiling face of JK. He enjoyed that. How lovely to have an audience. Your, your literary uh, and um, um, uh, commercial allusions in your title were completely phenomenal, Chief. There we go. All, all with the German theme. I absolutely love it. God, that was clever. <laughs> clever stuff, except I have to correct you. Of course, I. Here we go. Here we go. Heinz <laughs> Pye. The implication that there was a 1 2 played between Havertz and. There uh, was two. And it wasn't a 1 2. He actually stopped the ball, looked up, and played it through. All right, Once well, again, well. revealing the conundrum that is Werner, because it was brilliant. Never so ever let we the have... truth get in the way of a good gag. You should know that by now. Yeah, but, I, you know, I'm Mr. Pedant. I've got to do that. You know, it's only fair. Would you, you like me to yeah, well, I was just going to say, I, I wrote that in about 10 minutes in between clients today. So stuffed have I been. And of course, Monday no, You was should a... have said I wrote it in about 30 seconds. Then I'd have gone, oh, then you, then you would have been impressed, right? Oh, yeah. You're a, you're a hard, you're a hard audience, mate. 10 minutes. I'm going to oh, come and come see on you on. in a show and heckle the shit out of you next I'd time you're live. I'd love it. I'd absolutely <laughs> love it. You'd, you'd be perfect. I could do the whole show responding to you. <laughs> right, who we got on tonight? I can't hear you. I keep saying, I can't hear what you're saying there. What? What's what? That? What? What? Get on with what? it. Who have we got on? Who have we got on? Who have we got? Oh, we've got, oh, oh. Oh, star of uh, of um, of King's Meadow. One uh, at um, uh, forget, forgotten the title of your of your. Wonderful... He loves the show so much he can't remember <laughs> yeah, the title. So theme. Don't no, forget that. No, I, 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 at, um, 
um, I, I'm, I'm so impressed by by uh, by the number of followers that, that, that Dean is getting and the fact that uh, it's such a success and also that he knows so much, in fact, to such an extent that um, he was encouraged to do 15 minutes on the, the women's team tonight by uh, various people on Twitter. So we may have to give him a moment. Not happening. It, no, oh, but that's fine. That's what I wrote on Twitter as well. I said, actually, <laughs> that won't be happening. But uh, nonetheless, it's, it's nice to talk about it. But, um, of course, the... Uh, um, uh, the uh, the creative whirlwind that is Dean Mears is on. Woo, woo, woo. Thank you very much, J.K. It's went to Mo King's Meadow for anyone. Yeah, um, yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Just, it I got I got too confused with one man went to Mo King's Meadow, and it's not because it's went to Mo because it it's just a, it's a woman's team. It's not one man because that would be completely ludicrous and sexist. Yes, went to Mo, at went to Mo King's Meadow. Everybody, good. We got that good. And it's uh, it's an excellent podcast. You should listen to it. And then somebody, of course, on the show that um, if we wanted Chidge and I could just shut up and he could just just talk about Chelsea for the whole of the programme and uh, and chat to Dean. And that would probably be much better for people listening. But um, uh, because it's the excellent uh, um, uh, Football London's Adam Newson. <laughs> Hi, guys. How's you all doing? All right. All right. Thank you, JK. Beautifully done, as ever. Now, on the show tonight, uh, we look at a job uh, well done and a vital three points for Chelsea against Fulham. Uh, key players being rested, Gilmore game time, Silver, Mount and Havertz all sublime. Werner huffing and puffing with his little legs and Mendy stepping up when needed. And in part two, we look ahead to the massive Champions League semi-final second leg against Real Madrid. Uh, will Real be weakened with several players out? Who will Tommy T pick and how will he play it? Uh, what would another Champions League final mean to Chelsea? And what about the return of Hazard Ray, and Courtois? Boo! Yes, finally, uh, we've got several emails to read out. Uh, we've got a Discord question to answer. And we are going to look at the potential fannies for the month of April. So there we go. Patch show as ever. And of course, don't forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7pm by Go. In fact, Tuesday tonight. Because as we all know, or you should all know by now, as Jonathan beautifully pointed out on Twitter, there are never any Chelsea fan casts on a bank holiday Monday because Mrs Chidge forbids it and I like to have a life. I put, it, it, I put Chidge's life would not be worth living. That's also true. I would be an ex-Chidge yeah. if that happens. So there we go. She doesn't ask much, but she says no bloody podcasts on a bank holiday Monday. So there you go. So we are Tuesday tonight, but we are usually live every Monday at 7 o'clock. Uh, and if you want to join in all the fun, go to mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea-Fancast, where there is a wonderful chat page where people ignore what we say and talk to themselves, which is exactly exactly how it should be there we go yeah, they Let... have us at the kind of background are we kind of wallpaper or a wallpaper? yeah we're like white noise mate are we yeah oh, punk, your new punk incarnation white noise <laughs> oi oi punk's not dead anyway loads of them in there uh, the lovely jilly albert the second brian the wonderful brian justman arivero chelsea grave society steve hal daryl's it all the usual suspects lovely to see you all in there people hope you are well and looking forward to the show. Uh, we will be back to talk more in a minute.
there we go. Um, you know, funny old game, wasn't it? On on Saturday. Um, I mean, you know, it was just one to get through. I thought with three bloody points, it's all a re- it's all really about tomorrow, J.K. But what did you think of it? Um, I thought uh, Fulham played quite well. They revealed that they uh, they can't score, as all my Fulham pals just say. Uh, you know, they're going to go down because they can't score. They just can't put the ball away. They they've got you know there are some decent individual play- individuals. You look at them and think he's a decent player, he's a good player. I think the the fullback, uh, what's it, Robinson, Tony Robinson, is that him? Very decent player. Um, uh, I think uh, the the centre forward they bought, um, the one who was in the Sunderland Till I Die program, uh, whose name escapes me. He's a Josh decent- Josh Madger. That's right. That's right. He's a very decent player. Um, can I just join issue with something you said? <laughs> You said earlier on with Werner and his little legs, you said. Yeah. You think that, that might be the answer then? He's got, his legs are too little. Put him in a rack. And that's where he needs to be pulled Not out. Not Iraq, Iraq. Yeah, yeah. Or Iraq, Iraq even. Iraq, yeah, yeah. Arawak even. To make him, because once again. Anything was, to make his bloody legs longer. Indeed, indeed, anything to make him possibly get to the ball. He did an unfortunate attempt at a kind of bizarre overhead kick on one occasion where it was intensely embarrassing. Did you see that? And he sort of half hit it and hit him on the head after he'd kicked it. You just Part of you just watches and goes, what the fuck are you doing? And then suddenly the, the sublime moment when he stopped the ball, looked up for, for Havertz and uh, slid it through, not in a one-two, I may add, um, uh, was just completely brilliant. And Havertz, I mean, Havertz was great. You know, So one of the things that did come up from this is that Havertz can play in this false nine position. Um, I mean, capably, uh, competently and score. But um, we, we have to uh, take our hats off to Mendy, who made a, uh, a series of excellent saves. Um, I thought the defence were a bit dopey. I thought we started off a bit slowly, but uh, they started off very well. And I think, you know, as as we've been um, been noticing, uh, um, if a team presses us, um, we tend to, at the beginning, you know, we have to hold out, which we do. I mean, I was disappointed at the beginning in, in Billy Gilbert because he was caught in possession a lot. But, you know, to be fair to him, he's not playing very often. So, uh, and I was pleased that he got a run out. Um, but uh, I think overall, it was, a, it was a game to deal with. And we dealt with it with, uh, with two sublime pieces of skill. I mean, we're all taking our hats off to Mount and he's trapping the ball and then taking the ball to the right. That's what was so fantastic. He put, took the player out at the same time, then laid the pass through. But actually, Havertz did exactly the same thing for his goal because it, it was another Chilwell, Chilwell um, uh, long ball. And he just absolutely caressed it to bring it down and then laid it off to Werner and then ghosted in, if I remember correctly. And there may have been another player involved somewhere along the line, but he ghosted in beautifully. And I, his, the, the skill of this boy is actually uh, um, is now un, uh, you can't doubt that at all, which is something to to revel in for the possibilities of next season. But uh, um, I, like all these games the, against a, a, a lower side battling for their um, for their survival, um, it was it was bound to be slightly banana skin, and I thought we we sat through it really excellently. So, uh, I mean, I didn't once again. I, I think I was five players out in predicting what the team would be. I was I was bemused at some of his selections, and yet all of them can step up and do it. They didn't, however, have Emerson playing Chidge, which was your big uh, thing, wasn't it? Emerson was going to play cent- centre well, half. What do I know? Indeed, <laughs> indeed. But you know, thank goodness for that is all I could say. At least that one was completely wrong. But no, I, I was I was very impressed with it and impressed with the fact that um, amidst this was still some marvellously skillful moments. So there, there, it's a, we've got a top team at the moment. They're playing wonderfully. Indeed we are. Um, well summed up, JK. Adam, um, 
I mean, I think actually both JK and I pretty much have similar views on it. It was a game to get through. It was a potential banana skin with Fulham being so shite. Um, but we got through it, and it was. A, I thought they did a really good professional job. No real dramas. Okay, I know Mendy had to make a couple of really good saves. But the bottom line is it's a really vital three points, isn't it? Because, you know, this... Well, we'll talk about it later, but, you know, we are not home and hosed yet in the top four. So they had to they had to turn up whilst also having one eye on the rail game. And I, and I think the most pleasing thing for me, really, and I think we did allude to this on Friday, didn't we, was that key players needed to be rested. And, you know, I know Rudiger was injured, but Jorginho got rested. I think it was interesting to see who he rested, actually. But Jorginho got rested. Aspie got rested. Pulisic got rested. Kante got rested. But not Mason Mount, of course. No, Mason Mount yeah. got pushed back uh, to uh, to operating in the double six with, uh, with Billy Gilmore, didn't he? He did, and Mason Mount never gets rested. Never. Um, I think since he... Uh... Like Chidge, mate, like me, <laughs> never gets rested. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of similarities between you and Mason Mount, to be fair. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll buy uh, that any first, day of the week. Chidge's first touch is phenomenal, but we're not going into that. <laughs> yeah, and I usually uh, follow it with sliding it in down the, down oh! the lines. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I was, I was actually looking it up the other day. and um, I think Mason, since he made his senior debut in the 17-18 uh, season at Vitesse, is now more than 200 senior appearances for club and country in, in the last sort of three and a or, or three and three quarter season. So his durability is absolutely ridiculous, really. Um, in terms of Saturday, yeah, I, I thought Chelsea, it was very much just do what you have to do, get this game out of the way. Um, I think it shows the mentality of this squad that Tuchel has put together now, um, barring that West Brom game, obviously. There's a real resilience and, uh, to it. Every player, you know, if they're dropped in, seems to know what they're going to need to do. Um and, you know, just going into this second game against Real Madrid, it was important to keep up the momentum. It would have been awful to, to have lost that game on Saturday and then sort of going on a downer. Whereas, yeah, momentum's been kept. Everyone's still positive. The Premier League table looks good. And um, and Chelsea can go in tomorrow not having to worry about anything else really apart from, from the game. Indeed, indeed, indeed. And just very quickly, Adam, um, Mason Mount's all right, isn't he? Because I know he took it. I mean, I as you probably saw, saw in my very long notes... Mount goes down holding his back. I shit myself, I think, is the direct quote from my notes of the game. Uh, he's all right, isn't he? Yes, yeah, he was uh, training this uh, this evening Good. with the rest of the group, Good. so he uh, he should be fine. I imagine he'll be starting with, as you said, you know, there were quite a few rested, and I think that you can kind of piece together the team that will play yeah. tomorrow based on the back of that and, and sort of the un, undroppables of this team as well. Yeah, well, no doubt we will. I will I've already revealed my lineup. The only the only people who know it are me and these three, but I will reveal it to you all later. Now, Dino, uh, I would imagine you would agree with all of that. Um, the other good thing, you know, I love Billy Gilmore, also known as Gilbert, according to JK. Um, I, I agree with I agree with what JK said actually I mean you know he didn't set the world alight but it's hardly surprising when you think that he hasn't actually had a competitive performance for quite a few months um, but he did okay it's good to see him get some game time really wasn't it I think uh, Dino yeah as, as JK said a little bit disappointed his performance at the start of the game and then sort of as I noticed the midfield more and more started to have a lot of sympathy for him because it, it wasn't Mason Mount in a, in a double six it was Billy Gilmore on his own at the base of the midfield, and then Mason Mount and Hakim Ziyech operating as two eights. And if you look at the uh, average position, what do you think the format? Well, I didn't actually bother. I'm so used to it being three, four, two, one. I didn't even bother looking. And now you're telling me it was a different bloody formation, right? What was it? So you're three centre backs, two wing backs, just Billy Gilmore in the 
uh, holding midfield role, two midfielders ahead of him, and then the um, Havertz and um, Werner up front. Yeah. Best way to describe it should be like three three two two basically. Three three two two. God cool, blimey. It's not, not even a Ted Rogers, although it's close. Yeah. yeah. And if you look at the average positions of the players, Mount's higher than uh, Kai Havertz. And and Ziyech did a lot of tracking back actually. I thought Ziyech played quite well. I didn't I didn't mention him in dispatches, but I think uh, you know I saw I saw him tracking back an awful lot, and I was impressed by that. Yeah, and he had to really because Mount was able to operate much further forward, and you know, for Gilmore to come in after such a long time not playing and then be asked to play in that role on your own, where Chelsea's whole ethos under Tuchel has been protect that midfield too. Mm. Um, you know, it was very big to ask of him, and I thought he stood up to the challenge on the whole, you know, quite well, and he, you know, didn't ease did his chances no harm. Mm, interesting. What, what do you think, J.K.? Are you bemused by this tactical formation switch that I missed entirely? <laughs> Don't know I what I was my, doing on Saturday. I, I had my bemused face on, didn't I? No, yeah. but for somebody who's playing back in the in the uh, defensive midfield, net, supposedly next to uh, uh, Gilmore, he spent most of his time up front, as far as I could work out. This is why I get confused by it all the time. He's always the one bursting through and supplying the yeah. pass, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but that's down to his ubiquity. Oh, oh, That means he. It comes. From I, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back in time and see if yeah. I can find on YouTube. Remember the awful uh, Royal Variety Show with Leonard Sachs? No, it was. It wasn't the Royal Variety what Show. Was it, it was, what was it then? It was the. Uh, you know the um, one I mean, don't you? It's the good old days. The good old days. That's right. I'm going to go back and find that. Whenever he mentioned anything like ubiquity, there we go. Ooh. <gasps> So we're going. I'm going to get a get a little sting that whenever JK Every long comes. Well, I'll try and stick in. I'll try and stick a long word in, like shibboleth or pantechnicon or something, in the course of the conversation, and you can you can try and cue everybody okay. to do it. We'll have a, we'll have a competition prize. Please it tell us what JT, JK was talking JK about. Actually meant. Okay, I'll try and do that. Um, but yes, his. We um, could call it. What's JK on about now? Yeah, yeah. No, excuse me. What the fuck is JK? <laughs> that will do. That work. Can we have that possibly? No, but um, uh, uh, because of his. His, his um, as I say, ubiquity, because he's everywhere. From the Latin, ubi, meaning where, because he's, he's all over the field, um, are, are some, occasionally some of the, uh, the finer points of where these people are playing um, escapes me. I mean, having you now you having pointed that out, that Gilmore was on his own in the Mekelele role, I think you could probably say it was. Um, no, Mekelele says it's now the Kante role, mate. Oh, does he? Okay. It's official. The, he came out on Twitter and said it's now the Kante he's, he's role. Given into it. All right. Well, in this instance, he was in front. He was in front on his own, wasn't he? And uh, and the very fact that um, that was the case at the beginning, I think it was a little. And they were being pressed so much. It's not really surprising he was caught in possession and gave the ball away. But I felt as the game went on, I felt he, he got much more relaxed than the whole mm. thing. Actually, and I, Good I wasn't. And it's a dreadful thing to say, isn't it? But you you tend to spot the players whether they're playing well by the mistakes they make. And not by the the overall contribution they're making to the game, which is a which is a shame in these instances because it's there's so much precision, as our manager would say, all the time in these positions that when something doesn't quite work, you notice that because mm. the, the the major noise I make when the ball is given away is oh oh ball's given away and um, I won't uh, I won't tell you what I do yeah what, well what you, you know what I do I know what you do yeah yeah 
Yeah, well, I'd also, I do the same as you, Chint. I'm just being less, you know. You wouldn't get thrown out of the East Middle for what, Yeah, I have to, I'm used to that. I internalise it. In fact, no, I don't, when I'm like, when I'm at home watching, I go, for fuck's sake, fuck it, whatever, more way. But, but yes, I'm sorry, I've gone on too long. It's all right, it's all right. It was entertaining while it lasted, that's for sure. It ran out. Ubiquity will live with me for a long time. It dribbled away a bit. Not to mention Pantechnicon, anyway. Adam. Adam, Adam, Adam. Um, three players caught my eye, uh, particularly. It'll be no surprise to you who they are. Um, I, th- I thought Silver was just wonderful. There was that that you probably remember it. That he just he walked into an interception. <laughs> so if, if he was out, he was if he was out wandering off to the Sunday local for a pint before Sunday lunch. It was just. I just, I just, I wanted to hug him in that very moment. It was all nonchalance and timing and nows. He scored the goal from that bit, Chidge. He passed it across and Chilwell. No, no, this was the second half. Oh, it might have been. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're, right, you're right, you're right, you're he right. He gave it to Chilwell, who booted it yeah, down the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. Very true. Very true. Very true. Mount, he just gets better and better and better and better. What an unbelievable assist. I mean, if that doesn't win Guinness moment. For May, actually, I've included it in April, which is a bit naughty. I have to. No, actually, it was April still, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Saturday the f- no Saturday was the first no, of May. First of May. No, uh, no. I... no, okay. Well, we'll see. But anyway, it was a thing of beauty, and it definitely was quite sexual for me. Um, Havertz, silky smooth again. Two great goals. Uh, maybe he really is not uh, Chelsea's number nine, and he's definitely the Kaiser, isn't he? Yes. Um... Thiago Silva, I thought was excellent. I was very surprised he started, to be honest. Yeah. But I guess with um, with Rudiger being injured, uh, as P having played back to back games as a wing back, I think it was probably uh, the call was made that you know Silva would have to cover less work in that game. Um, he is fantastic. I mean, thirty six years old, he has taken to the Premier League in a way. I imagine, if you could have imagined, he, he's so composed, so reliable. I think it's a no brainer that Chelsea trigger the option in his, in his contract for another year and I think they will do um, Mount I mean what else can you really say about Mason Mount at this point um, I saw that the uh, the voting had opened today for the player of uh, the year awards he's got to be a shoe in for the men's award well, hands down just on that point I mean are you in the football you're in the football writers association aren't you whatever they're called uh, I'm not actually not. Adam, I can't believe it. If they let a dog like me in, how come you're not in it? This is this is awful breaking news. I'm in a different. Uh, I'm in the NUJ. Oh, I don't. I'm not allowed to be a, a union member. Goodness gracious! Me. <laughs> um, you're a mongrel, and he's a pedigree. Oh, he's certainly has pedigree. He's certainly my chum. <laughs> Anyway, uh, moving on. God, musical. It's going to be like that. I can tell. Now, now JK and I've planted the seed of the musical. It's going to go musical all bloody night. I just know it. Anyway, look, Adam, in all seriousness, um, I voted for Mount as uh, the Football Writers Player of the Year, and they have their voting about a month ago, if I recall. And I, I kind of did it with a tremor of guilt, thinking, am I, am I just being completely blue-tinted here? This is not really... I should be more responsible... And, and you know, and then I thought, fuck it, no, he's the best damn player in the league, and I'm voting for him, even if he is Chelsea. So I'm really interested to hear what you. Th- so the player of the year for Chelsea has been open today. Is that what you're saying, or is it the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. voting's up on the website, so you can yeah. you can vote for the Chelsea men's and women's player of the year at this point, and, and a couple of other rewards. So, yeah, I mean, to me, it's a it's a no brainer for Mason yeah. to win it. He 
he's been the most consistent over the the, the entire season. Even when the the wheels were falling off under Frank, it was he he who was still driving this team on. Uh, he's stepped up his game probably under Tuchel, um, aided by the fact he's playing further forward. So, yeah, hands down Mason um, and Kai Havertz. Yeah, I mean, it does present an interesting dilemma for Chelsea because there's enough there and there's enough sort of, you know, in Havertz's back catalogue, really, at Leverkusen to suggest he can be very effective as a, as a nine or as a false nine. Do Chelsea have to spend £100 million plus on Haaland and Lukaku in that case? I really, really don't know. And mm. you know, Once again, could... though, Adam, uh, isn't Lukaku completely made up? I mean... No. Why would, why would Inter Milan want to get rid no, of Not the... by me, Adam's saying, I think. It's not made okay, up okay. by me. I know, but what? why would Milan... It's always like all these things. Why would anybody... I suppose it's better Chelsea have got a better chance now, now that they're in the semi-final and could get to the final and could win it. Then it becomes a much more attractive proposition. And I know they pay huge money, but why would he want to come back when he's just won the league with Conte? And he likes and why Conte. Would, do they need the money? Do Milan need the money? Would yeah. that be, is that the well, they don't need the money. Yeah, there was there was a story uh, must have probably been about a month ago. So Suning Holdings, who who own Inter, also own Jiangsu in China, but they uh, essentially folded Jiangsu um, to save money. And the stories are that they want to offload Inter as well, um, or at least try and make money off Inter. So that's potentially where that has got legs um, from the fact that you know there might be a deal to be done there. I don't know whether would Lukaku want to come back to, to English football. Um, I think at the time he left, he said he might have been done, but he is a boyhood Chelsea fan. Uh, he's a guy who, you know, there's that video that's on YouTube, I think, of him looking around the pitch at 14, 15 at Stamford Bridge and and saying, I want to play here one day. It's going to be my dream. So, I mean, he, he obviously had his chance. He was probably a bit too early for him then. Um, maybe not, depending on whether or not you agree with Jose Mourinho. Um but it would be a nice story uh, in that sense to have Lukaku back, and he's definitely got the quality that Chelsea to improve he's, the Chelsea yeah. attack. But um, he's improved since the last time I slagged him off, which was only about three months ago, actually. <laughs> so he's a play to him. He's been excellent. Is he, a, is he a Tuchel player, or does it matter? Will Tuchel then change the way they play? We don't know what what would occur. Would Can, we... Just just to interject here, because I think it, it'll segue quite nicely into what what what's next on the agenda, but. We we said this on Friday, didn't we, Adam? I mean, you know that that old Spackers had been having a coffee with Mark Meehan, and and he had said that, you know, if 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 Chelsea buy Haaland, um, it would actually bring the best out of of um of Werner, and and there's there, there is this school of thought that Werner is not a number nine, he's more of an inside forward, but he's a he he would be. I mean, you know, we only have to cast our minds back twenty one years and see how well the likes of Heskey and Owen used to do playing for mm. England you know little man big man combinations of, of I mean Speedy and Dixon Speedy and Dixon exactly yes. you know it, they, they've they've been you know throughout throughout the history of the game they work very very well and there's a there was a school of thought that says that Werner would blossom with a proper number nine so I mean in a sense Adam it doesn't really matter who that number nine is as long as that they I mean even uh, Tammy we were saying earlier in the season how well Tammy and Timo worked together because you've got a big man and a little man. So it is going to be interesting, isn't it? I mean, do you, do you think, I mean, you know, if we, we all of us, we, you know, we, we watch the game. I mean, there's, there's, I'm just going to talk about this later, actually, but I've got this wonderful diagram. It seems to be pertinent to talk about it now, actually, but uh, 
This I nicked off Sky, as you can see. I actually took it from the TV. But Chelsea under Thomas Tuchel. Attacking stats since first PL game on January the 27th, right? Goals rank equal sixth, 20. Shots, 222, rank second. Shots on target, 88, rank first. Chances created, 188, rank first. Shot conversion, 9%, rank 13th. So we all, I mean, we didn't need to see that. We all fucking know. The one thing Chelsea cannot do with regularity is put the bloody ball in the net. So Doesn't that quite... confirm, though, that next season, if you can put the ball in the net, we oh, will win well, everything? Well, absolutely. But, it, but does the, the question I want to ask Adam is, does that not surely confirm what we need as a striker who can put the ball in the net? Um, yes and no. And I appreciate that's very much sitting on the fence. I mean... This, you know, it was a problem last season. Chelsea not taking their chances, so you know we went out and signed Havertz and Werner. It's still a problem. Is there any guarantee signing another striker will fix that? In theory, there should be, but in reality, no. Um, in terms of Timo Werner, I think at Leipzig he always played better, or he was at his best when he did have another uh, another forward to play off. Whether that was uh, Yusuf Poulsen or Patrick Schick last season, he always had another player there or he very usually had another player there to, to play off and it did seem to give him more space and give him uh, a more attacking opportunities whether or not they would be there in the Premier League I honestly don't know because the Bundesliga is so much more cavalierness uh, cavalier and there's so many more teams that play with a high line which yeah. is perfect for Werner yeah. which doesn't happen this... over here of course no and this is my this is my a little bit of a concern with Haaland is He's obviously done brilliantly and he does have the Champions League goals to really back it up. Like he he does seem a huge, huge, huge talent. But there's still huge, that nagging. Well. Nag- yeah, exactly. He's a huge bloke as well. But there is that slight doubt with me still that, you know, Chelsea could sign him and, and maybe it doesn't work out because of X, Y, and Z reasons. With Chelsea, well, Adam. Well, we, yes. We, we've we've been breaking strikers, you know, breaking strikers since 1905, mate. Whereas, you know, in theory, again, this is all theory, obviously, Lukaku has done it in the Premier League for several seasons. He knows what it's all about. And even though he is a lot older and wouldn't have the resale value and the probably business uh, positives that someone like Haaland could do uh, for Chelsea, maybe there's a sort of sense in going for him. Um, What happens if Chelsea don't get either of those? At that point, you know, the finances... Keep Tammy. That would me, but that would be my answer to that question. Is Buy to keep that Tammy. Oak Woods from uh, Burnley. Twenty nine, puts them in all over the place. Love him, love him. He didn't manage to yesterday. Shush. Yeah, which really hurt <laughs> us, but and me in my Premier Bloody League predictions. You did quite well again, by the way, didn't you? Thanks very much. Yeah, I dropped down two places. I went down from 15th to 17th. Thanks to bloody Burnley! Not drawing with me. Anyway, let's stop there because I'm only bitter and twisted. Anyway, um, Dino. um, Werner, Werner, Werner. I mean, I absolutely concur with with JK and, and Adam on this. But what I would say is that what is becoming abundantly clear is that Werner, I think, very much suits the way... I, I talked to um, who the hell was it? I was talking Talk Sport on Saturday. Adam and uh, Gabby Agbonlahor, would you believe? And ooh. I think I ooh, that wasn't a musical reference, was it? Gabby Agbonlahor? I don't know. No, pantomime no, dame somewhere along the line, maybe. Impressive. We could make it into one. If I you think like. yeah, Gabby, Gabby the Every pantomime. I'll call him. Gabby oh, Gabby, Bob weren't Bob. you a pantomime dame on good old good old days back in the day? And you go what? Anyway, 
Anyway, where were we? Dino. Yeah, Werner. I think I think he really does fit the way that, that at the moment that Tuchel wants to play, you know, and, and it's akin to, you know, what Guardiola's doing at City, what Klopp was doing with Liverpool, you know, three very interchangeable front men all whizzing around, you know. And I tell you, and I thought, actually, I thought he made an excellent call with that pass to Ziyech, uh, who should have actually put it away and didn't. Um, but here's a, here's a very interesting stat, which I picked up along the way, uh, which proves that perhaps he's not quite as bad, as awful as we think he is. Werner is the first Chelsea player to get double figures in both goals and assists in his debut season since, would you believe, Eden Hazard in 2012-13. Maybe that puts a bit of a different perspective on it. Yeah, I think, you know, Werner's worked, but not on sort of the regularity that we probably would like or expect. For me, he's a player that perhaps, you know, maybe there's a loop loose connection inside somewhere and every so often it clicks into place. It's lodged again and he tries to do the flicks that, that JK mentioned earlier. And he looks like a player that doesn't know what he's doing with the football. Um, you know, as you said, he, he fits what Tuchel wants to do attacking-wise. His pace, you know, always means that there's a threat for the opposition. Whereas if you've got Tammy up front, you know, at times perhaps they can relax defensively and, you know, look to come on the front foot because they know that he's not going to go in behind the way that the Werner can. Um, you know, and that's why Tammy's not playing and Werner seems to play week in, week out, despite the, the glaring misses and you know sometimes the bad touches that we see. He is doing what, what Tuchel wants on the whole. I think we've established that, 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 that Abraham, unfortunately, doesn't tick any of the boxes if you look at um, what, what Tuchel requires. He's just a, a, he's a one-trick pony, really, which is, um, uh, um, which he's very good at. Which he gets into the box. Well, he has games where he doesn't, where he moves in and out, and you think, why hasn't he made that run? Um, why is he timed that wrongly? But incidentally, Werner did a wonderful mistiming um, leap in the air, didn't he, to actually head the ball over the bar when he should have actually uh, waited a moment and then, then risen like a salmon. But um, no, but so I, I don't think he does. I, I think he's he's harmed by his almost by his limitations, Tammy, because he, he's just very keen on getting the ball in the net, which he which when he's on form, he's very capable of doing. But um, uh, I can see why he doesn't fit in the in the pattern that Tuchel is trying to play at the moment. And I fear that may be his uh, his downfall. And I fear that may be the reason that he's possibly sold in the summer, because um, he, he isn't as uh, um, as versatile a player, it seems to me, as is required by Tuchel in this system. Yeah. And we just spoke about, sorry, a 9% shot conversion. And you sort of want, you say Tammy Abraham could be the answer to that because he scores goals. No, no, indeed. Yeah. But I, I think I th well, that's the problem. It's another dilemma, yeah. isn't, it, isn't it, Dino? Is that, is that uh, um, perhaps um, uh, uh, Andrew could come in on this because he knows much more about... Um, Who? Uh, Andrew, Adam, sorry. Adam could come in on this in my mind. You're catching Adam my disease, come. mate. Yeah, no, I am. I am. I am, yeah. Peace. Sam, Sam's Peace. been here all evening. Yeah, yeah. Leave alone. Yeah, Adam perhaps he knows he knows more about Lukaku, but yeah, it might be that he is too he isn't he isn't what is required, and therefore we may actually not um, we may not buy him as a consequence because he's not uh, he's not ubiquitous enough to use the word again. Ooh. He plays like a pantechnicon though. He's got great peripheral vision. But Lukaku's more of a pantechnicon. Yeah, he's mm. a huge kind of uh, leviathan even. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Uh, I'm just I'm just. I'm just basking in the, you know, basking like a shark. Yeah, 
more like a beach whale, really, sadly. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I just think it's interesting, you know, because the most interesting thing this summer, or actually next season, really, is not who we buy in the summer. It, it's it's how, you know, if, if Tuchel will change from a 3-4-2-1, you know. And I think I think... He's a smart enough manager to change systems depending on the players he's got. So, I, I, you know, we just don't know. That's the beautiful thing about it, really. Um, I'd like to kind of wrap this part up, really. I'm, I want to talk about the run-in in a minute, but really what I want to do, the last kind of thing on the game I want to talk about is Mendy, because I don't know why, but maybe, maybe it's just idiots and oafs on Twitter. It's very likely that it is. But Mendy doesn't seem to get the respect that he deserves, I think. And I think he's a jolly fine keeper, I have to say. Um, Adam, great save from... Uh, from Aina. I mean, he was going the wrong way, and he's a big lad, let's face it, uh, and he managed to, to to kind of change in mid-air and save that, and, and, and you know, that was just on the whistle at, ha- at half-time, and if that, if that goal had gone in, it's a horrible time to concede a goal, isn't it, just before half-time? The linesman had his flag up. Oh, did he? Would it have been offside? How yeah. come? I don't know, but because it was away, a shot. And his flag was up. I can't understand how that was offside. Well, his flag was up, absolutely definitely. Maybe he wanted to go to the toilet or something. Perhaps I don't he was know. doing that. Perhaps it had nothing to do with the game at Maybe all. Maybe it was a Doctor Strange love moment. It wouldn't surprise me in any Weird, way. Weirdness. I really can't understand that. But anyway, look, either way, Mendy didn't know that, and it was yeah, a great, great save. Great save. Great and uh, there was another one. I can't remember who, who, who shot this, but he tipped it over the bar. Do you think it's about time we, we give young Mendy a little bit more respect? Yeah, definitely. He's he's been excellent. Um, he had maybe a, a few shaky games when things started to go wrong und, under Frank. But other than that, you know, he he has been excellent. I think the fact he didn't arrive to great fanfare, he wasn't a, a top European club. He didn't necessarily cost the most. I think he's you know late sort of mid to late twenties. He's not you know a young kid or or a star in that respect. Has probably worked against him because. After the sort of season we had last year with, with Kepa, it's nice to have a goalkeeper who you can essentially trust. Um, when a shot goes towards the corner, my initial fear isn't, oh, no, that's going in. It's, oh, no, he'll save it. He's a big bloke. And, you know, credit to, to Petr Cech and Christoph Loishon because they were I apparently... Sure, I don't think it comes down to he's a big bloke, does it, really? Yes, it oh, does. It, it, it partly does because he's got a much bigger reach. He's than, secure. Than I mean, actually, um, sorry, Adam. Serious point. Serious point, J.K. We used to moan like stink about Kepper, and one of the reasons was he has he has no presence. He doesn't make you feel secure. He's not big enough. All these that's things. Personality. So, that's personality. Well, I think it's also physicality too. And Mendy is is literally almost twice the man that Kepper is. You know. Listen, Adam. I've got a couple of uh, interesting things that I'm glad you mentioned Petr Cech because we know that. Not only did Petr Cech have something to do with getting him to the club, but of course he came from Cech's old club, Wren, didn't he? But mm. uh, Daryl's uh, just said could work on his distribution, though. And Brian Justman said Mendy has brain farts when he had the ball at his feet. And I'm thinking, yeah, so did Petr Cech. And he was OK, because he used to save lots of goals. Yes, and I, to be fair, I don't think there were the same demands placed on Cech um, as well with his feet for a lot of his time at Chelsea. Um I find Mendy a little bit scary because he does leave it to the very, very last minute, uh, usually when he's playing up from the back, especially if he's under pressure, and that can give me a bit of a heart attack sometimes. It's the but, modern um, way, Adam. It's the modern way. But, yeah, exactly. It, it, that's exactly it. It's the modern way, and you have to accept that there are going to be occasions when Mendy does get his pass wrong, and they are going to be very, very noticeable because of the circumstances of playing out from the back from a goalkeeper. But 
you know games pass where that doesn't happen and it's easy to forget that you know you do spot the mistakes because they are usually quite noticeable given your goalkeeper's giving it away usually around the penalty area but a whole match can pass without you really noticing that he's found his pass sort of eight, eight or nine times um when under pressure so i think you know long term chelsea could probably upgrade on Edu mendy i don't think that's unfair to say um but given what he's done this season i don't think it's exactly an urgent need chelsea have to, to try and get another goalkeeper in i mean he's been he's been excellent and yeah credit to uh to check and Muller Sean for, for picking him out and Chelsea for getting it done. Yeah, and he's he's no better check, that's absolutely for sure. But I mean, you know, if if and when he, we he's uh he's no Tivo Courtois either. I'll well, say. do you know you beat me to it. You're not, you're uh. not, you beat me. <laughs> I was about to say he's no better check, even though I mean we've been looking for the replacement for Petr Cech, and oh we found it and he's now playing for Real Madrid. But there you go. Thank you, Adam. Um all right. You made a very good point, didn't you, Chidge, about on Friday about me? the fact Who? That think, what? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Yeah, well, perhaps it wasn't you then. Somebody <laughs> else had made a better a point then. Probably but, Sam. Uh, it, it, probably Sam that he'd spent um, three years in Madrid, and why were we then surprised that he then wanted to go back to Madrid? Oh no, play, who who did we have play. on with us on Friday? Alex, I think it was, was Sam. Alex. Is it Alex? I think she said that. Or maybe then. it was Alex actually. Maybe it was. She's very smart as our Alex. Right. Okay. Very quick wrap up of where we are um, <clears throat> with the uh, the run in. It's still very tight. I mean, you know, uh, Leicester are third on 63 points. We've gained a bit of ground on them. We're now on four, in fourth with 61 points. Interestingly enough, us, Leicester and Spurs, who are in six, have all got a goal difference of 22. West Ham are in fifth on 58. Spurs, six fifty-six. Liverpool, seventh, 54. Uh, West Ham and Liverpool both have an inferior goal difference. Now, the thing is, um, we've now got City, Arsenal and Leicester. Um... West Ham have got Everton, Brighton, West Brom and Southampton. That worries me, actually. Spurs have got Villa, Leicester and, and Leeds. So they're going to drop points. Uh, Liverpool have got a frighteningly easy run in. They've got United, well, whenever the United game gets played, because you see, that's put a spanner in the works for us, I think. But they've got Southampton, West Brom, Burnley and Palace. So, you know, conceivably... Liverpool can gain a lot of points, but the, the, thankfully they're you know seven points behind us, so I think we might be a bit out of reach of them. But I have to say, you know, West Ham and West Ham have got a horribly easy run in. Dino, it does worry me a bit. Uh, well, I think we're a, a big game team, so the fact that we've got three big teams in that run in actually gives yeah. me confidence that we will win these games and get enough points. I mean, even if we even if we lose the City and don't win the league, I think we'll win the next three. Uh, and nine points would be enough, I think, because you're going to beat Leicester in that running uh, and go above them. Um, yeah, I'm actually confident that you know those games work in our favour, and what the other teams do is going to be pretty irrelevant. Yeah, I mean, we we can lose one, and West Ham can win all of theirs, and we'll still finish above them. Adam. Yeah, I think I'm interested to see how West Ham play their last few games because, as you say, on paper they are easier, and in theory that should put pressure on West Ham to actually go and win them because. You know, throughout this whole season, they've been able to just be the underdogs and not have any expectation on them, really, which has helped them get to where they are. Whereas suddenly you look at those last sort of four games and if you're a West Ham fan, you're suddenly thinking, oh, you know what? They're, they're winnable fixtures. We could actually do this. And then suddenly there's that expectation and pressure put on that team, which they haven't had to have. And maybe that actually <coughs> proves proves their undoing in the end. Mm. Interesting stuff. Well, as always... Um... All will be revealed. I mean, we've got City next, which is going to be 
Yeah, be a very interesting game after after both teams' efforts in the Champions League. Uh, and of course, if they beat us, they can get the title. Can they not, JK? I, I think that's. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the, yeah. But I, 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 I think Leicester are, are are very dubious at the end of the season as they did well last season. I think they look to me as if they're going to fall away. Um, in the same way, I think we'll beat them easily in the cup final. I, I just think that they're, and I think we'll beat them in in our last. Um, in, in our last league game against them, I just don't think they're the very. They gave a, they only drew one one at the weekend, didn't they? In a very winnable game, I, I just think that there's something about them. They they're not quite used to winning yet. They don't mm. have the and, other and winning the championship. Of I course. think I think you know, like their manager, mate. I mean, he's, to, it's yeah, down to him. he's a choker. You he's auditioning yeah. for Tottenham. He did it for Liverpool, you know, thanks to us largely, and then Palace. He did it with Leicester last year. You know, and he might do it this year. Yeah, he's definitely a Tottenham manager, Dino. Spot on. Right, um, on that Bon Mo, uh, <clears throat> a little bit of pluggery, as always. Um, and uh, sorry, I got distracted by a Mixler thing. I might I might well discuss it later. Anyway, uh, CFC UK, uh, Dino and me both write for it. It is wonderful. It is the best fanzine there is. And, of course, you know you can't get it on a match day because we're not there. But you... Uh, you can still get it. Uh, you can uh, find a way to subscribe by going at cfcuk.net or even better, you can get your own hard copy and go to cfcuk at gate17.co.uk. Uh, it's £2, which includes first-class postal delivery, and it will be sent. It'll be hand-sent by His Honourable Highness DJ himself. So there you go. So get on CFC UK. There's a lot of uh, articles this month about uh, the European Super League, as you will not be amazed to hear, JK. Uh, just to say, DJ rather nicely sent me a note saying that they're putting all the banners back. Yeah, they're back. And down, they're back, they're but back. they may be in the right order. He said. Yeah, the mine is. Sorry, ours is. What am I saying? Ours, ours is. So uh, the truth comes out. It's yours, is it? No, ah. no, it's it, it's Brian's banner. <laughs> better. Yeah. Is that better? Yeah. The Kerry Dixon banner is back in its rightful position. Uh, right now, uh, there's a, a oh, very actually breaking news. Really, I was going to be plugging the Timo Werner uh, signed and framed Stamford Bridge uh, Street sign, but uh, it's already gone. All the tickets were sold, so they've got a 24-hour football prizes. Football at football underscore prizes, if you prefer. I've got a new 24-hour prize for uh, Mason Mount signed and framed Stamford Bridge Street sign. So it's like a photograph of. Mason and a, a Stamford Bridge uh, kind of SW6 uh, street sign, and it's signed by the great man himself. So tickets are £3.95. There'll be a maximum of 65 in the draw, so less than usual, because normally it's 99 uh, And the draw will finish, so you've got until Wednesday tomorrow, May the 5th, 7.30pm, to enter into the draw and buy a ticket. Uh, and the link can be found uh, at footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash mason hyphen mount. And I will be putting that on Twitter at some stage tonight and I will pin it. I will pin it to the Chelsea Fancast Twitter page. So you've got no excuses. Get on it. You know you want to. We'll be back in a minute. What? I just want to make a statement about um, for people talk about Kerry Dixon a lot. But uh, I'd just like to encourage people to look at, look at his goal scoring on YouTube because Kerry is absolutely he is the dog's bollocks he mate. is absolutely phenomenal i was looking at the liverpool 4-2 game i think it would have uh what come what season it would have been um we wearing all blue dennis 91. White, 91 the first header he scores precision header immaculate beyond belief absolutely Thank you. It's, it's really joyous to what you should really watch no, him that's, that's one of his favorite what goals a, that i can't tell a you player. What a we player. need to go to a break 
Sorry, I just wanted Thank to exult about one of our great yeah. players. All right. Okay. We'll be back in a minute. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. This is the uh, Chelsea Fancast, of course, with myself, Stamford Chidge, and... Uh, the uh, the uh, the wonderful Effervescent. yeah that something like that the pantechnicon that is uh, the Leviathan Jonathan Kidd We've had that word already sorry shush the ubiquitous shush. Jonathan Kidd we've got to finish at five to nine hurry up oh now he's now he tells me yeah right we've also got the absolutely brilliant uh, Dean Mears um, who uh, apart from coming on this show regularly and editing the Chelsea Fancast website and uh, writing blogs on the website. He's also got his own show, which is Went to Mow King's Meadow, which is a brilliant podcast, which I'm very proud to say that the Chelsea Fancast publishes and hosts. And it's all about the absolutely brilliant Chelsea women's team. Dean, you can't have 15 minutes, but I'll give you a minute or two just to uh, lax, lax, wax lyrical about how brilliant they were against Bayern Munich. Lyrical. Yeah, um, Sunday they faced Bayern Munich, obviously, in the Champions League semi-final second leg. They lost 2-1 in the first leg, so had it all to do. Um, it was 2-1 in this game up until the 84th minute when um, Vanilla Harder, the record signing, uh, put them 3-1 ahead. And then it was um, you know, one of the classic football games, you know, goalkeepers coming up for corners, they had clearances off the line, they had a player elbowed in the face, and they managed to score a fourth goal in injury time through Frank Kirby. And... Um, you just need to watch. You don't need to watch the match. I'd encourage you to watch the reactions of the players and the coaching staff um, after the game. Um, I know people that haven't watched the women's team before have watched the game and got caught up in the emotion. Um, you know, it was a fantastic moment uh, for everybody involved in in the women's team. It's taken nine years um, for them to get here, and you see all that emotion come out um, after the game. And you know, it was a shame it was the boycott weekend because yeah. it would have been nice to share that. Um, yeah. with the players. Have you shared it with the with the Went to Mo Kings Meadow podcast, which I, I put up last night, as you probably know. But of course, I couldn't tweet about it because of the boycott. Tell everybody how bloody good your podcast is. And if you don't, I will. I'll have to let you or uh, JK um, sell it better than I would. No, come on. You, you're, you're, you, you don't hide your light under a it's bushel. Excellent, everybody. You've got to have a listen. It's really good. Really good stuff. Yeah, it is, actually. And also, the very fact that it's been created is just such a feather in your cap, yeah. Dean. He's, done, he's doing a cracking job. It really a is. cracking job, mate. Well he, done. I can't Super. believe he's too shy to, to blow his own trumpet, but it, it is brilliant. He gets great people on. And 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 uh, not none. Well, he doesn't get us on for a start, so that's a complete bonus. But perfect. Yeah, but it is, I, listen, Dino. That if if they're not if they're not creating a song for Peniel Harder along the lines of Jimmy Cliff's "The Harder They Come," then you're doing it all wrong, mate. And you need to give your heads a wobble. I'll get on that because she has got um, a Kanye West song that people. The are harder on. they yeah. come, the harder they fall, Peniel. Something like that. Anyway, uh, we should move on because we've also got another guest. The brains of an otherwise no-brain operation, uh, Mr. Adam Newson from Football Dodd London. 
Hey guys, thanks uh, again for having me. Dean, can I just ask, is Frank Kirby as nailed on to, to win Player of the Year for the women's team as Mason is for the men's? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there have been a lot of good performances this year, but she is um, probably the Ballon d'Or winner as well for women's football um, in, in the world. So, um, yeah, she's been fantastic. Yeah, brilliant stuff. And uh, while I'm here, thank you, Adam, for uh, for putting up my latest piece on football.london today, uh, which we may discuss later because it was all about... Um, it was a tale of two Belgians, and you very politely said to me, is it about chocolate on our WhatsApp group the other day? No, Adam. It was about Hazard and Courtois. But uh, anyway, we will... Actually, now we're going to talk about it now because we're going to talk about uh, Real <laughs> Chelsea versus Real Madrid. I'm so used to doing two parts for the main uh, game that I forgot we're actually already talking about the preview game. Um, wow, wow, wow. I mean, you know, after last week, I mean, there's still that, that, that taste in my mouth that says we should have walked away with a 2-1, 3-1 victory, which would have made tomorrow uh, a lot easier on my poor ageing ticker. Uh, but, you know, the reality is is that we, we have a slight advantage. Um I am worried that we might have woken a, a sleeping beast by being so... I don't think they expected us to be half as good as we were. Of course, there is a school of thought that says that they are an ageing side and if we play like we did on uh, last Tuesday, then they can't live with us. But before we get into all of that, Adam, I, mean, I think Sam was at the press, wasn't he, today? Yes. But I, know yes, you, yes. I know you'll be very abreast of it. Now, from what I understand, Varane and Carvajal are all out. Ramos and Mendy are back and Marcello doesn't have to uh, do telling in the elections in Spain. So he's available too. Is that right? Yes, although I think he does have to do it, but he's flying over tonight. Well, that so, can't be um, good. That can't be good. Um, no, I, I would say it's a bit of a bizarre situation, but he seems to be able to join up with them either way. Um, and yeah, no Varane, no Carvajal, Ramos back, Fellamendi back. And I have the same fear as you, very much so that Chelsea had the chance to really kill this in the first 20 minutes of, of last week's game and that they hadn't taken it may come back to bite them. Um, I was actually speaking to a, a colleague of mine who worked out in Madrid and asking him what the reaction's been over there to, to the first leg and he didn't think that the, the sort of Madrid press were surprised by Chelsea just because of how good they've been under Tuchel but he did say that there's a feeling that Real Madrid know how to get through these ties and they know that there's going to be a period in across 180 minutes of football that they are going to be on the back foot and they are going to have to weather a storm. And when they come through that and then their wind gets behind them a little bit, that's when they'll they'll kill you. And that is genuinely my concern for tomorrow is that Chelsea had the chance in this. They, they should have been out of sight in the first half an hour. Um, saying all that, of course, Chelsea have been excellent under, under Tuchel at Stamford Bridge. The only game they've conceded a goal in uh, is that the aberration against West Brom. Um, other than that, it's been clean sheets. So, yeah, maybe it's just my inbuilt pessimism as a fan that's clouding my judgment now. Mm, well, I, I think it'll be interesting, Dino. You know, I still stand by what I say. I mean, I, I am worried because I think we should have put them to bed. We were so much the better side in that game. I don't think the weather helped. Um, but I do think, and I was, and I'll tell you why, actually, because I was listening to the wonderful Trans-Euro Express with Danny uh, Danny Kelly on Sunday, and he always has the best kind of European pundits on there who, who actually bother watching all these games, and they were making the point that I'm making now. So basically, I nicked it. It's not my own thought. But that, you know, we are a young team with a lot of energy that play with a lot of dynamism, and, and we can get at them. And they, 
you know, if you remember that first game, Dino, I think it was on the right-hand side, the number of times we just cut through them and their midfield couldn't track back because they're too old. So I think if we go at them, I think, I mean, basically, I think if we play the same side we played against them last week and play the same way, I can see us going through quite happily. And on that point, Dino, uh, and everybody really, my team is exactly, I think, the same as it was uh, last week. So Mendy, Rudiger, Silva, Christensen, Chilwell, Jorginho, Kante, Aspilicueta, Pulisic, Werner, Mount. Discuss. Silence. No, I think yeah, I think that's, that's um... yeah. I think that's what he'll go with. Yeah, Adam reckons so. What about you, Dino? Yeah, that would be the team that um, that I would have picked. The only concern for me is Aspi at right wing back. If you've got uh, Eden Hazard fit and, and back, you know, I think you can get the better of him um, pretty easily. Um, I would say play Rhys James, but I know Aspi is going to play because of his experience. But he's um, going to play at wing back, not right back. Yeah. Um, so I think you know he said Havertz gave him a selection headache, but I can't see him um, changing that first leg team. And I think the best way to go about this game is to do exactly what we did in the first leg, not be afraid of the name of the opposition, but play the team in front of us. And what they are is a good team, but an aging team, and a team we can use pace to exploit. And if we get sort of chances, we do need to be a bit more clinical. But yeah, I'm confident that yeah, we will come through this game. I think it's an. We inter- have to remember. Sorry, JK. Okay, go we've, on, mate. We've got one of, we've got um, one of the greatest players in the world at the moment when he's on form. Who is Conte? I thought you were going to say Jorginho, at- mate. Funnily enough, um, I was going to add him on at the end, Gareth, as, as he is to his the friends, second, the second greatest. Um, but no, I think that that Conte was so superb in that game, and uh, and I think as Tuchel said in the uh, the press conference today, he's a he's a man for the for the big games as well. And um, uh, we, we, uh, the sight of him maraudering through the middle of the Real Madrid defence, as we saw last week, um, but then the ball not being put away, um, uh, I think will continue in this game, except I think the ball will be put away. I think we have to remember that regardless of, of the onslaught that we can expect from them at some stage, we will be in a position to, to get through their midfield and and create chances. It's a question once again of whether we put them away or not, because I I have great faith in this team's ability to pass their way out from defence against any team. They are so slick. So uh, I'm I'm uh, I have great optimism about tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean it, it, it is interesting. I mean, you know, it was it was wonderful. Uh, I read uh, you know Sam's live coverage of the presser, Adam and. You know what he said about Kante was just utterly brilliant, and and he's right on it. And it's, it's interesting actually because we're going to do the fannies in part three. And if if you look through what I would, because I mean basically I collate them from what what the boys on the Discord group put into each category. Uh, and uh, when Kante got mentioned for man of the match, guess what the matches were? It was the Porto game and the Rail game. So on a in a big match, he's a big he's a big match player. You know, and to win ties like that, you need big match players. I mean, the interesting thing for me, uh, Adam, is that you know one one is a is a is a is a is an interesting result to take back home in a Champions League. And I'm going to give you some great great stats from semi-finals past here. Ooh, oh yes, yeah. um, you know, first legs of days gone by. Um, interesting how many we've drawn. Um, 
but uh, obviously we two two against Monaco. We know how that went. I mean, not not as applicable as this. Nil nil against Liverpool. One nil against Liverpool. The one that really caught my eye was the only other one where we we had a one one away leg and then brought them back home, and that was Liverpool in two thousand and eight. Uh, and of course, that was that mental match, which ended up being three two. When when I chat myself about three times, I mean, actually, it was much more comfortable than it seemed, but it it, it just didn't seem it. But we went through that Riser's own goal in Liverpool. Riser's own goal when no, 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 Boston. no. This was this was the one. Um, I mean, it might have been. Uh, well, I mean, this could have been uh, when Pat's uh, when Frank scored a penalty and uh, celebrated in the corner because his mum had just died. It could have been that. No, I meant in the away leg. I meant the away leg, the one all. Yeah, um, yeah. Salomon Kalou. Yeah, yeah Kalou's cross for Riser to score in the last minute. That's in, why in, we in... love Salomon Kalou. Yeah. yeah, crossed it in from the left. Went in. It went off in off Reese's head. That's why we love Sal. Yeah, that one. Yeah, definitely that one. Uh, of course, there was the the nil nil against Barca away, and then it drew 1-1 and we got knocked out by Overbro. I mean what I'm trying to say Adam is that 1-1 is a tricky result. It's not as not as clever as people think because while we've got that away goal, you know, we can draw 0-0 and go through. We can win 1-0 and go through. But if it gets into a ping-pong match, which it could do, it it then doesn't work in our favor, you know. Any any draw other than 1-1 is coitance for Chelsea, isn't it? So, yeah, and 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 I think that they are more than capable of eking out a miserable shit housey nil nil or a one nil. Um, but I don't think, and I don't think Tuchel will do this. But I don't think they should set out to do that. No, Tuchel said in his press conference today he was at pains to stress basically that he's not going to try and sit back and defend a, a lead or or the narrow margin that Chelsea have. He says it's uh, the responsibility to go and win the game. Chelsea win games, all the stuff you'd really want him to say. Um, and I, I do agree. I mean, the, if Chelsea play at their best and they play at the, the sort of pace and tempo that they can do, and they did for spells last week, they win the game. I, I'm no doubt about that. Um, as you said, you know, we've, we've got youthful exuberance. We've got energy. But obviously the flip side of that is it is a young team. Um, and on the biggest, biggest stage, who knows how they do? It's going to be a real test of the mentality for these players. Obviously, players like Luka Modric, Casemiro, Tony Cruz, Benzema, these guys have won four Champions League in the last decade. They know what to do when they get into this stage of the competition. So um, it is going to be a very interesting game. I'm sure it's going to be a very tense and horrible, horrible game to watch oh, for all of us. Yeah. But um, but I, you know, I, I do think Chelsea have enough to, to do it. It's just whether it's going to be down to the mentality. I think that's that's literally what's going to be the difference. Mm. It's going to be fascinating, J.K. Old Bean. You've been yes, around. So. You've, you've been around the block a bit. You know, this yes. is our one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This is our eighth Champions League semi-final. We've obviously made it. And through. I've attended all of them. Yeah, at home I know. And some of And likewise, and I'm just absolutely. I mean, going back to the Monaco one, me and Doctor Mart were mm. sitting in the shed end, um, and I think I think did did um. Did, did bloody Gronkia score a worldie? I think he did in that two-all draw. We were right behind yeah. it. So I've been at every single one apart from this one. And it really... I, actually, the Atletico Madrid one... No, that was the PSG court final. I nearly got thrown out, but that's another story. Anyway, um, I've been at every one. I was banging the police box. I didn't know it was a police box. I was, I'd have been in the pub since lunchtime. 
and I was in the shed end, right at the back, next to the PSG fans, and I was trying to get everybody going, and I was banging on what this 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 box thing that sits at the back of the shed. And I'm absolutely hammering this thing, trying to get a bit of Atmos going, and the stewards tried to eject me because apparently it's a police box. I've no idea. I said that. I didn't know that. Anyway, they let me off. Were, were there policemen in it? I think they were policemen who were complaining that some Herbert was bashing their box. If you excuse, if you excuse the expression, um, I love the word Herbert. Well done. Anyway, um, yeah. I mean, if we win this, this will be our third Champions League final. I mean, I think two questions: What would it mean to us? I think that's pretty obvious. But what would it mean for Chelsea if we get through to another to another Champions League final? There can't be. I mean, Man United have got to more. Liverpool have got to more. But I think that we would be we would be third on the list if I if I'd be correct if we do but this. I, I, don't, I don't enjoy the idea of just getting there. We have to win it. No, 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 absolutely. One stage at a time, JK. No, indeed, indeed. But I think we've done wonderfully getting to the semi-final. I think our status in world football has become completely evaluated. Um, Evaluated? Has become completely, that's the wrong word. Re-evaluated. Re-evaluated. No, absolutely. It's been re-evaluated to being um, uh, that of an immensely competitive, um, excellent footballing unit um, that we weren't before, that weirdly enough only... Only a few months ago, we weren't. Um, and it's down to uh, the brilliance of the manager. And uh, I think it will encourage players to uh, to want to join us, should we be interested in trying to buy them. Um, it will um, piss so many people in, the, in Britain off who hate us, um, which is always a good thing. Um, and it will, uh, it will mean that uh, I will have to watch more and more football, which is something that I was... Um, worried about at the beginning of the pandemic because I thought all I'll do is watch sport but I'm happy to be watching our club play wonderfully and the joy of it is that the football is absolutely superb and looking to the future I'm so intrigued as to where he's going to take us and uh, uh, as we keep talking about the summer and what whether he'll make any purchases but uh, if he doesn't well nonetheless he'll find a way of making this team work because he is absolutely top banana and um uh, with having such a charismatic figurehead, I mean, you know, no disrespect to, to Frank, who is great, but this guy is just, you know, he's, he's on another planet with his ability to get players to uh, play out of their well, you skins. You know, if he gets to the final on, on, you know, come Thursday morning, he'll be as good as Avram Grant. I think, to be fair, though, Avram Grant took over a side that had already been established and hadn't. <laughs> hadn't had a, uh, a kind of... Uh, I'm, I just, um, these are the moments that I wish we did actually have a YouTube channel. Your faces when I said that. <laughs> just such a picture. <laughs> well, but, but what's happening is, is I know you're taking the piss, but at the same time, I have to answer it seriously. So I have to go through. Well, I'm going, rather than going, oh, Jake, fuck off. Giving you a visa for me to do it. Um, I feel I have, I have to answer it properly, which is that, Avram Grant was given a team that had already been established as being um, uh, um, one of the best teams in the league, having won the uh, the Premier League two years running, and um, and we're just a phenomenal side. Whereas in this instance, we're still making our minds up as to who are the best players, what the pattern is going to be, and how on earth he has made players that we rejected and wanted to be sold into this unbelievably cohesive unit. Yeah. So uh, there are so many things going on with this. Uh, advancing um, to the uh, uh, to the Champions League, if we do or we don't, I even think getting to the semi-final has been a, a phenomenal um, uh, achievement. 
but I, you know, but let's not end it there. Let's yeah. let's win it. No, too right. I've got to be in it to win it. Uh, Dino, what what would it mean to you? Do you think if we got through to a third Champions League final? I mean, for me, it would show that you know what we've been concerned about for a number of years is you know, as, as Tony Glover calls it, the application of of Chelsea, where they're happy to qualify for the top four, just be involved, and then just you know use the money and the revenue to build the club. You know, I think this will show that. We're not just happy to be involved. We want to go and we want to be winning this competition again. And, you know, that was such a driving force for Chelsea over the you know, first 10 years of Abramovich's reign. Once we won it, I think we had a bit of an identity crisis, didn't know what we wanted to do. Uh, and I think, you know, we've we found our feet again and we know what we want to do. And that is to challenge for, for major honours domestically and, you know, in Europe. And being back on that, you know, the top top stage, that, that final again, um, you know, would, would be such a huge moment for for the club and for us as supporters as well. Obviously, it's to be a huge shame that, that we won't be able to witness that um, in person. Uh, but you know, it's a sign that you know the club's serious about being you know a big team and a, a serious team as, again, because I felt that we've we haven't done that in in more recent years. Mm, I agree entirely. I mean, for me, Adam, it means that Chelsea are well and truly back and uh, and and I totally t- I take JK's point it's it, it it you know you got to win these bloody things but you know I'm a I tell you I don't know if I've ever told you this I'm a bit Fergie-esque about these things you know I actually have saved on my phone the link to the website which records the amount of trophies won by English sides uh, throughout history to see where we are in that table and I mean we're we're miles behind uh, Liverpool and uh, and Man United, I mean, you know, and I, I think we'd find it... I don't think we'll catch them in my lifetime, let's put it that way. But Arsenal, you know, we're not far behind. And, um, you know, City are kind of catching us up. And I and I really set a lot of store by that. So that's why I said I can't... I don't think there are many English clubs who have been to more European finals than Liverpool, United and then us. And I don't think United... If we get to a third one... I don't think we'll be that much far behind United. So for me, it's it's even if we just get into the final is important. So for me, it means a huge deal. But mainly, Chelsea are back. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think it also bodes very well for the next five, ten years. Um, you know, we've spoken about already how young this squad is, how you know a lot of the key players are twenty two, twenty three years old, and to get to a Champions League final is a huge achievement in itself, as, as you just mentioned. If Chelsea were able to win it, I mean, it would kind of feel like it's just the start for this squad, really, um, because of how young it is. It would be a huge, huge moment for it. It would be a huge, uh, much like when Chelsea won the title uh, in 04, it would be the first big, big moment for this squad that is only going to improve in the years to come. Um, And I think getting to the final would be brilliant. Winning it would be brilliant. Um, But it's just so exciting, I think the possibilities of what this team could become in, in the years ahead because people like Mason Mount, Kai Havertz, Reese James, um they're Timo only gonna Werner. get better. Timo Werner. Um they're only going to get better. Um and you know there's there's also younger players coming yeah. through, you know, at Chelsea as well. And I'm not gonna say, you know, great Frank Lampard started all this, but yeah, you know, Tuchel has done absolutely exceptionally um, and I don't think we would be in the f- in this position we're in if we kept Frank. Uh, in all honesty, no. however, it shouldn't be overlooked just how important he was as that bridge um, from moving away from from the sort of team of Pedro's and Williams. 
to shifting this team into what it is now. Um, I think you know history should should look favourably on Frank as well for for that transition that he oversaw. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, if if Frank Frank's legacy is assured anywhere as a player, nobody can get near that. But uh, his legacy should also have a footnote, which is Mason Mount. <laughs> you know, yeah. because not only not only did he instill in this guy so much confidence that he can cut it at this level last season by playing him every match. Think about what he did uh, while he was at Derby. That's what where it started, and and I mean you know again this season. I mean his last act was to make Mount captain, and I think I think in, in years to come we will be talking about Mason Mount as Frank's greatest legacy alongside his playing career. Um, so there we go. It's going to mean a great deal if we do. I mean the other thing, just to put a damper on it, if we don't win tomorrow night, then we are not as good as Chelsea under Avram Grant, and we're not as good as Spurs the other year. That's, this is what is at stake, people. So Ch- Chelsea, Tommy T, I know you listen to this show every week. Don't screw it up. This is what's at stake. All right. Okay. Now a little side note to this wonderful drama that will be played out before us, uh, and Adam knows all about this, and I hope you lot do too, because I know we had a bit of a um, a bit of a, a, a social media boycott, so I didn't plug it out. But I did write another piece for Adam. Uh, this weekend and it was really kind of comparing uh the i mean you know the, something we can't we can't know because of course sadly we're not there but you know we've got two former chelsea players coming back tomorrow one is eden hazard who i think sh- should always be remembered very fondly as a, as an absolute legend of the club and as i said in the piece i think he's technically the most gifted player i've ever seen play at chelsea although i didn't see osgood and hudson in their prime um, or Charlie Cook, but in my, in you know, who I've seen definitely the most gifted, um, and and who should be loved and adored. And then we have Courtois. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe the less said about that, the better. But let, let, let's not let's let's be honest here. He's a fine player, uh, and my fear. Well, I mean, I asked the question really, what what the welcome back would be, and I think it would have been dogs abuse for Courtois, and I think a very dare I say, classically Chelsea, welcome back for Eden Hazard. But my fear, JK, is that, um, you know, games like these are decided by moments. And I will put my foot through the telly if it comes from a world-class goal-saving save from Courtois that denies us a Champions League final or a moment of Hazard-esque man- uh, magic. Well, I'm not convinced Hazard will start. Yeah, I'm not convinced, that, not convinced that Hazard is anywhere near the player that used to dominate the seedings for us. He played well convinced. against Osasuna the weekend. Yeah, but what is that? In what way did he boss everything? Was he was he the focal he, he looked point? a little bit more hazard like, but I mean, you know, Osasuna. I still, I, I still don't think he's been played in the proper role. He's not given. Uh, he's not the best player supposedly on the pitch. He's more a, uh, you know, he's part of the team in a way that I've never felt that he uh, he did terribly well. I think. Uh, uh, Sarri's attempts to make him do that always stopped him from expressing himself. So um, uh, I don't think he's going to have much say in it. Uh, I'll, probably if he comes on with five minutes to go and score the winning goal, I will then, you know, not bother to be on the fan cast ever again. But no, that's not true. But um, uh, uh, I will be very upset. But no, I don't. I don't think he'll have a role to play. I'm more concerned with like you with Courtois. But he's uh, he's human, and um, uh, as occasionally let the ball through his leg. I want and, Mason uh, Mount to nutmeg him for a goal tomorrow. I yeah, really yeah, want that to happen. Exactly what I would like to happen as well. Yeah, but I, I you know, I, I and I want Reese James happens. to kick him in his beak as well. 
Accidentally, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, let's hope he gets accidentally injured. That's a horrible thing to say. No, I said kick him in his beak accidentally. That's very different from saying I'm willing an injury on a player. Well, you can't help it because it it is it does it it is the size of the penalty area, so it makes sense, doesn't it? Really? So <laughs> size of the bloody cantilever at the shed end, mate. That's for sure. <laughs> but no, he's but he's he's obviously become a. A better Actually, player. do you know what? We because... could, we could, we could, you know, we could basically kidnap him, stuff him, and put him up on the old East Stand and replace him, replace George Hilton. He could be the weather vane, you know. He could sniff out a storm for miles, couldn't he? I think we'd spend a lot of time in prison. I'm not convinced. I'd like to uh, to do that. Very okay. Much, but, um, I won't volunteer yeah. you for this action then. No, that's okay. Then you deny all responsibility after I was plausible I deniability, you... mate. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we go off on one completely here. Yeah, he's a he's a great goalkeeper, but um, uh, you know, he, he he hadn't nobody had scored against him at um at their little training ground had had they and uh, and we scored against him for the first time for sixteen games or something. So I don't see why we won't put put a couple past him. Um, I, I I think we're going to win it. Personally, yeah. So so Adam, what, where do you stand on has? I mean, you know. Unlike most of the people listening to the show at the moment, you actually read my article. So, what what do you think? Where do you stand on Hazard versus Courtois? Uh, I think Hazard will start tomorrow, uh, given oh. Zidane's comments this evening, saying he's prepared and and ready. Um, he did play seventy minutes at the weekend, so I, I suspect he'll start. Whether or not he finishes may depend on the status of the match. Um, yeah, Eden was brilliant. Um, I. Would argue Gianfranco Zola was the most technically gifted Chelsea player, Chidge, but um, it's your opinion. Um, yeah, it's a shame that the, the it's sport. Because you, you you had an ice cream with him, didn't you? That's not the reason. I did. I did. You're I did. Biased. But at the same point, look at the Norwich goal. I mean, Eden probably could have done that, but anyway, well, I think we could probably spend a lot of time about this. Um, yeah, it's a shame supporters aren't there. It would be very amusing to see the different reactions both would get. Um, yeah, so you're biased. You're holding up a picture of uh, of you and Hazard. So. I am, and he's and he's about the same height as me, which very few footballers are. It has to be said. <laughs> um, Franco must have been shorter than you. I know. I've never met Franco, and it and it really upsets me that I, I actually. Do you know this will make you laugh? What about what else have I got saved in my favourites? Can you see that? I don't know if you can see that. It's a bit. bit... Uh, it's that trophy, trophy. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, with Courtois, it's, it's so amusing, and I think he really does play up to the pantomime villain kind of status he, loves he has. It, doesn't he? he does. He he. The little comments he chucks in every now and then really is amusing, and I I do find it quite funny that he seems to revel in it. Um, yeah, he would have got an, an, an awful reaction. I would have loved to see how he dealt with standing in front of the Matthew Harding uh, or the all the lower shed for you know the entire game but um but yeah it will be interesting to see how he does and he obviously does have the quality to to produce a big performance he has produced a lot of big performances for um for for Real Madrid this season so it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that Courtois does have a great game and and denies Chelsea but hopefully that doesn't happen and hopefully Chelsea go through and um and hopefully they can beat what looks like Manchester City because they've gone one 0 up. I know. I saw they've gone one 0 up, which is a great I shame. Think they'll be sending off, Chich. I think one of their players will be sent off. I, I, I you know what? I, I've got, um, I've got a real. I mean, I was saying on Discord earlier on, you know, and I was doing a little bit of research about how we'd done in previous semi-finals, and 
I have a feel. This has got two thousand and eight. A very strong. It's got a bit like a bouquet and a, and a or a nose. Talking of noses, like wine, you know. It's got a it's got a got a nose of two hundred two thousand and eight vintage. This match, you know. We've got. I never knew you were a viniculturalist. Oh, I am. I am indeed. I am indeed. Um, but uh, yeah, it's got a bit of two thousand eight about it. A one-one away leg. We come home. It could, you know, there could be a lot of goals in it. It could be really squeaky bum in in that sense. And then we end up playing another Manx side in the final. Uh, you know, it's got got that. And of course, Adam may may or may not know this, but uh, our first show was the equivalent of this show thirteen years ago. Our first show was just after the first leg against Liverpool and just before the second leg. So there you go. So uh, there's a lot oh, of interesting. The Chelsea fan cast is now a teenager. Ugh. What a horrible thought. That would explain the petulant behaviour. Anyway, Dino, um, what do you reckon? How's it going to go down? Uh, I think it'll be a close... I don't think it'll be very high scoring because you know, Chelsea don't allow opposition to have a you know, high number of shots unless they're managed by Sam Allardyce. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, maybe yeah, Zidane think... is the Spanish equivalent of uh, you know Sam Allardyce. We'll see if he's drinking a pint of wine. Um <laughs> If, if he was if he was an English manager, he'd be called Zach Bull. Yeah, hopefully not. Otherwise, he's going to put fire past us. Yeah, but, no, um, I bloody hope not. Yeah, I think it's going to be you know a game where I think we we get an early goal, and then you're sort of worried that um, yeah. Real will get an equaliser and it will you know mean extra time. A bit like the Barca match in 2009. Yeah, hopefully the referee and standard is you know ahead of a lot higher in this game than than that one. Mm. But yeah, I think it'll be very close. I think we'll have. He's an Italian, the referee, by the way. Does that um, affect that then? Well, it's not over, bro. That's for sure. And I mean, mm. you know, I think what I'm kind of saying in a roundabout way is the Italian is from a he's from a competent league, right? Yeah. Uh, it is uh, Orsato. I think I kind of I've seen him in a few matches. I think he's not too bad. He's no Pier Pierre Luigi Colina though. It's yeah, I don't think many refs are. Adam? I was going to say, it's amusing that last week all the build-up uh, to the game was about the referee and how UEFA were seemingly going to leverage their power and influence him, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Nothing, nothing about that this week. Is this, as if a week has made a huge difference in whether UEFA have a massive conspiracy against Real Madrid. It's almost like it was nonsense. Yeah, it is nonsense, that's for sure. <laughs> all right, so you're reckoning pretty tight. I mean, I, for my own, uh, I, I'm thinking 1-0 and a horrible, uh, you know, very nervy, horrible. Uh, I mean, I, I can see us scoring early and then like just trying to play them out. It's gonna, it's gonna. I'm probably gonna have a heart attack tomorrow. That's all I'm saying. Adam, where where, where are you with the prediction? Uh, yeah, similar. I think it'll make it'll be one nil, and I hope it's to Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're not. You're a bit. You're sitting on the fence a bit there, mate. Uh, <laughs> J.K. I can rely on you for a five nil thrashing of Real Madrid. Can't <laughs> no, I? I think it's going to be one one, and we went on penalty. Oh my god! I think I'll, I'll die. I will die if that happens. My god. see, the worst thing about this is having to watch it on TV at home on your own. You know, I, 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 this is the kind of match I need the company of friends. I mean, I was. The the but the best equivalent of that I can think of is 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 the Barca New Camp when uh, Torres scored, and I was in I was in the Hand and Flower when it was still going then, and I I I missed no I I stormed out of the pub when JT got sent off, and then and then or missed Ramirez's goals walking back into the pub as 
because I went out for a fag, you know. And I walked back into the pub as Ramirez scored and got absolutely completely covered in beer, massive beer shower. Um, and I think I went out. I, I missed all the key moments in the game because I was out having a fag because I couldn't stand it. I couldn't bear it. I think I went out when Messi missed the penalty. It was just too much. But at least I was drunk and with friends. And that is important for a match like this. Tomorrow night could be purgatory. It really, really could. But there you go. We will see. All will be revealed tomorrow. But good luck, Chelsea. Bring it home. That's all I'm saying. Now, a quick bit of pluggery as ever. Chelsea Supporters Trust. There's never been a more important time to join the Chelsea Supporters Trust. Uh, Membership costs just £5. And as a member, you'll get to have a say on important issues, such as the European Super League debacle the other week, ticket prices, kickoff times, and many other issues important to supporters. Uh, We make sure your voice is heard by the club And as a member, you get to attend meetings, vote in the elections and put forward motions at the AGM. And you also get a lovely Supporters Trust badge. Uh, Visit ChelseaSupportersTrust.com to sign up today. And on that note, um, just before we went to air, it was announced that um, Chelsea are are going to have uh, three supporters in a... uh, I I don't know because I haven't read the fine print, but I suspect an advisory capacity on the club board not to make decisions about uh, whether we should buy Haaland or not but I would imagine predominantly off the pitch issues again I I don't know much because I haven't really read it but um, I have to say well done Chelsea because I think that would make them Adam might be more on top of this than me but that would make them the first club so to do Uh, it's a brilliant step in the right direction it's what the trust have been calling for Ever since the trust was, uh, you know, set up, it was it was we want representation at board level, um, and you know, fair play to Chelsea. It, once I've read the fine print, I'll I'll do more on this. But well played them. They've heard us. They've listened. It's what we've been crying out for. Um, the devil will no doubt be in the detail, but I have to say, Adam, that's a huge step in the right direction, isn't it? Yeah, it's a massive decision um, by Chelsea. It's a very welcome one. Um, yeah, you know, whoever's elected to, to this won't have voting rights or anything like that. But um, but it should give supporters a voice at the highest level. And, you know, as you said, that's what the Supporters Trust have been asking for for a long time. It does hopefully stop absolutely ridiculous scenarios playing out like the Super League debacle again. Um, and hopefully it does a lot of good. Hopefully having a fan in these important meetings where big decisions are made you know, there, there is that voice which just reminds those at the top that, you know, there is a person, there are people in a day, you you know, as as the chant went outside Stamford Bridge on that night, these are fans and not customers. And hopefully that is kept in mind a little bit more often going forward with this, uh, with the people who are elected. Indeed, indeed. Well, there'll be more on that. I promised Adam a piece on it this week and I shall do my best to get my thoughts together on that one because it's arguably the most important bit of news since Roman took over the club in my opinion but there you go now the other thing that you can also do which is very very worthwhile is to get a a Chelsea pitch owners share which means you have a share in the freehold of the stadium and that protects it from being sold to a rapacious property developer or similar in the future and of course what it also means is that football will always be played at Stamford Bridge its spiritual home uh, shares are priced between about 31 quid for an electronic share right up to about 200 quid for a, a framed signed pitch which is presented on the pitch and there are various price points in between so there's a price for everybody and they're well worth getting one uh, i have one signed by frank lampard and it is a treasure anyway go to chelsea chelsea's website and search for the chelsea pitch owners and you will get one we will be back in a minute for some emails a discord question and april's fannies 
real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. This is uh, Stamford Chidge, the Chelsea fancast, with the wonderful Jonathan Kidd. Whoop. The equally wonderful Dean Mears. Good evening. And the brilliant Adam Newson from Football.London. Now, JK, we have an email. We have some. We have uh, two brilliantly uh, written, because they're short, emails. And I've, the long-awaited, uh, insta- the next instalment of Donal. Oh, wow. Good old Donal. Um, my email initially has the C word in it. So uh, Gareth. I, know, I know in the past that I've uh, Gareth. expressed that, but um, I will be, uh, I will be um, uh, circumspect. It's also written by an American for avoidance of doubt. Oh, so I could go, ah, I could, I could make the vowel different, couldn't I? I couldn't Just I don't actually. say it. No, I'm, I wasn't going to. But if, we, if you wanted me to say it, I'm not that you do. I know you're shaking your head in disbelief, but I'm saying I could actually give it an American vowel, which would soften it in some way, just because it would be ah, rather than ah. Anyway, um, Alex Greer, I wish I had something more elegant to say, but I submitted my CPO application tonight for one share. Whoa. Thanks to you all. I'm an American legacy supporter since 2008. Americans are fucking we have no place owning english clubs best regards alex greer yeah brilliant sentiment alex well well done well done you right this is from uh, colin he says guys the dog spodge and i are still enjoying the fan cast just a quick one on verna is it possible that we have the wrong verna and in (laughs) fact we have purchased tim o'verna who is believed to be living at 43 Acacia Avenue somewhere in the UK. Keep up the good work, Colin. Well, as it happens, Colin, I agree with you, because I think it was me what first coined the term Tim O'Verner, and I'm delighted to announce to the world in general that I I was on um, the Saturday warm-up on Talk Sport with Max Rushton and Charlie, whatever his name is, and... Uh, I said that. I said, actually, I think the problem is we don't actually have the real Tim Werner. We've got his Irish cousin, Tim O'Werner. Because Charlie's a comedian, quite a nice bloke, he laughed. He thought that was hilarious. So there you go. I've outed it. I've outed it publicly, as it were. Anyway, JK? Right. Donald Furley. Can I just say one moment before we start this? In regards to the, uh, the fans on the board, um, uh, it, it would be interesting to see how this pans out because it would be so easy for them to place um, uh, lick spittles. No, no, it's going to be elections, mate. The the three supporters are going to be elected. By whom? By the supporters, I would presume. Ah, but do we know that yet? Anyway, I just said lick spittle and I didn't get a reaction. So You're supposed to go, ooh. Ooh! Thank you very much. Dean's gone. That just shows it. He ran away, mate. Scared him He ran away. Anyway, Donald Foley. Listening to your Monday night's entertainment a couple of weeks ago, possibly after the West Bromwich Albion debacle, I heard you all discuss some of the old classics of children's TV. Many of these were the characters and programmes of Oliver Postgate. And it took me back to December 2008 when he sadly 
passed away, the 8th to be exact. Now, proper Chelsea fans will immediate, immediately remark to themselves, wasn't that the day before we beat um, FCFR Cluj 2-1 at home in the Champions League? They would, of course, be right. And as we head into another Champions League semi-final, that night marked a step along the way to one of the more, no more notorious semi-final nights in that trophy's storied history. In one of those serendipitous moments ooh, that enrich our lives, it so happens that several weeks ago I was sorting through old papers and journals and there discovered some pages entitled The Oliver Postgate Memorial 11. Yes, all those years ago I had seen fit to post on the old ChelseaFCblog.com brackets, the loins from whence sprang the podding shed close brackets, a personal valediction to the great man. It took the form of rendering the team that took the field against the Romanians as characters from the world of Oliver Postgate's vivid imagination. They covered programmes such as Pogel's Wood, Nog in the Nog, Ivor the Engine, The Clangers and Bagpuss. Many of these will make no sense to the younger listeners and those who grew up without the aid of such televisual gems. They also make, won't make sense to anyone else, being the product of some twisted vision that allowed me to see something of the players in each of these characters. So I appreciate this may have limited relevance to the lives of most fancast habitués. Adam's gone. But put your cares and woes to one side for a moment and stroll a while down the leafy lane of memory, shaded on one side by the works of Oliver Postgate and on the other by the history of our beloved club. The words allied to each character seeks to either highlight some well-known to me aspect of the player or their performance on that evening. And it bears repeating that many of these players were on their way to that tumultuous night of the bridge some months down the line. I should emphasize that the descriptions were taken from several websites dedicated to his work and are not my own words. Peter Check, Owen the Signal, Ivor the Engine, set in Wales, I seem to remember. Owen the Signal inhabits, actually he didn't do it like that, he went, Owen the Signal inhabits a signal box near Ivor's shed and makes an occasional cameo appearance in the episodes. Jose Basingua, Basingua, Mr. Dinwiddie, Ivor the Engine. A very odd and possibly insane miner who lives in the hills and digs for gold. He enjoys explosions and mining. In fact, his mountain is full of gold, but as soon as he digs it up, he puts it back again. He often has need of new boots. Alex, Major Clanger, the Clangers, little knitted characters who lived on a moon-like planet. His armour is to protect him from things that fall from the sky. John Terry, Thor Nogson, Nog in the Nog, a sort of Norse saga. Although he may not be a Nog of great intellect, Thor Nogson, the captain of the Royal Guard, is strong and brave in adversity. Ashley Cole, small clanger, the clangers, <laughs> being notable for his experiments by which he learns and pushes back the boundaries of his world. Mikael John Obi. Jones the Steam, Ivor the Engine, is just an ordinary engine driver who is there to cope with whatever has to be coped with and enjoy a cup of tea from Ivor's boiler. Michael Ballack, Mr. Charlie Banger, the circus ringmaster, Ivor the Engine. Banger's circus features lion taming, high wire acts, clowns and horse riding, but best of all were the elephants, 
and best of all, the elephants, was Alice. Joe Cole, Tog, Pogles Wood. Having been made into a living being, he could not in all fairness be sent back to being a lifeless toy. Tog was hiding in a tree because he lost his scarf and was upset. Deco, Rumpf, Nog in the Nog, the strongest and tallest of the little people who live in the hot water valley, stands only knee-high to a Nog, but what he lacks in stature, he makes up for in strength and stamina. Salomon Kalu, Professor Yaffle, Bagpuss, is the most complex of the characters and moves around more than most, being nailed to the floor with tacks to prevent him falling over. Nicholas Anelka, Olaf the Lofty, Nog in the Nog. Although Olaf's inventions are invariably ingenious, so they are also invariably unreliable, often with dramatic results. Substitutes, DDA Drogba, Bagpuss, is a magical cat. When he wakes up, all his friends come to life. Giuliano Belletti, Hedge, hedge Pig, Pogleswood, had little to say, but later in Pogleswood, his role developed into a speaking part. Wayne Bridge, Pippin, Pogleswood. He is in fact a changeling child, the son of the King of the Fairies, whose silver crown attracted some unwelcome attention. Coach Luis Felipe Scolari, Mr Pogle, is a skilled craftsman. He's clever with his hands and made the stilts for Pippin and Tog. He leads blackberry picking expeditions, even though these aren't always successful, and they end up with a barrow load of rabbits instead. He's utterly bonkers, mate, isn't he? Well, I, I, the trouble is, is I, I, I was thinking I could give them each of them a, um, a specific voice, but Oliver Postgate just did it as Oliver Postgate yeah, all the did. way through. You know, Bless you, you'd heart. like to, you, you'd like to say Mr. Pogle, but Mr. Pogle was just there. It was, and Oliver Postgate had this rather lovely way of expressing himself about the characters. I met him once as a narrator. I yeah. met him once uh, at a BKSTS do. Oh yeah, absolutely delightful man, and and he was. Lots of people my age saying, "You're my hero from when I was a small boy." I used yes, to love your yeah. programs. This has been yeah. totally lost on Adam and Dean, who I don't think I've ever seen either of them as bored as they've just been on the program. Talk about going over their heads, mate. Honestly. Well, I yeah, I I wonder whether, as I say, I should have given it a bit more. No, you know, no, but... no, no, no. You read Nicholas it, Nelka, I should have made him Olaf the Lofty French. Mate, I could have made you read it. You read it as wrote. You read it as wrote. Anyway, dear old Donal, I think that was borderline genius, mate, and well done you. It made me hoot with laughter when I read it. Uh, so there you go. Now we've got a question from Discord. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie Mark, Mark just said, folk listening to this wondering what the fuck is this Pogles Wood? No, it's the <laughs> Chelsea fancast. Uh, with Nog in the Nog. Uh, anyway, um, Kenroy, dear old Kenroy's asked a question. He says, are we actually overachieving this year? Overachieving even. Seeing that the team is not the finished article and we are not where we're meant to be, considering that the expectations and outlay on the attack, we are, in a sense, underperforming, but not underachieving due to Tuchel's master contingency, the defensive clinic. We are achieving goals higher than we set, yes, but based on the fact that the team needs improved performance from midfield to front, are we surpassing what would have been a logical outcome? That's a, a, a complicated but brilliant question. Adam, what say you on that? Um, in the Champions League, definitely. I don't think anyone would have expected us to have got to the final this year. In the Premier League, probably 
somewhat underachieving given the investment in the squad last year. I think there was perhaps an expectation that Chelsea maybe not challenged for the title, but would probably qualify for the top four without too much trouble. Um, and obviously that isn't nailed on yet. So on the whole, yes, I do think Chelsea have, uh, have overachieved this season. Um but that's largely because of the Champions League run. Um, I think if we had gotten on top by Atletico or something in the last 16, we probably would be where we kind of expected to be or maybe even a little bit below at the start of the season. Um, caveat that, of course, with what's gone on with Frank and, and the sort of change that was needed and everything. And since then, we've been excellent. So um, I appreciate that's not the most well thought out answer. But um, but yeah, that's probably my, my summation of it. JK? Can I can I just say that, that, in fact, at the beginning of the season, we were all um, being held up as being a side that would possibly um, uh, fight for the title with City and Liverpool because of the purchases we'd made. Um, and uh, the fact that it then slightly fell apart meant that we're, are we now possibly overachieving or are we, are we in fact, um, achieving what uh, the new purchases would have created originally. It just so happens that it's a different manager has made the setup work. Do you see what I'm saying? Am I, I being... no, no, that that makes no, no, that makes sense to me. Dino, what do you reckon, mate? I think at the, the start of the season, we all thought sort of domestic cup and qualifying for the Champions League again was, you know, expectations of, of the team given the investment. I definitely agree with the Champions League. We've overachieved, but you know, what I would say is we haven't achieved anything yet. Yeah, good point. I think it's it's complicated, isn't it? I mean, <clears throat> I'm with Adam really. I think we've massively overachieved in the in the Champions League because um, we've just not been anywhere near where we are now for seven years, and I certainly didn't expect it to be this year. But then, you know, that's the Champions League. At the end of the day, it's a cup competition, and I think that's where we are at the moment. We're a good cup side. You know, we can beat anybody on our day, and I think this is the other thing about Tuchel. And I, I mentioned this to Talk Sport on Saturday. I said, look, you know, what he's done is he's made us really hard to play against and we don't concede goals. And if you don't concede goals, you only need to score one and you win the game. And that's what Tuchel, I think, at the moment is really good at. And I think that's no no surprise, therefore, that we're in the final of one cup, cup, cup competition and hopefully we'll be in the final of another one come to, uh, Thursday morning. But in the league, I think it's a good question. You know, it's a, I mean, it's been a funny season, hasn't it? Liverpool nowhere near it. Uh, United luck their way to second city where you would expect them to be should we have been competing for the title I think John Jonathan makes a really good point with the addition of Havertz and uh, and Werner you would have to say I think he's probably right that we've underachieved a little bit in the league um, but then again you know if people don't gel this is what happens. But I, I, I remember saying on the show a few weeks ago, you know, we, as we would do, have been digging out a lot of poor performances in the squad all season. And yet every time we speak to an opposition fan on Friday night, they all say, you've got the best squad other than City. And I think actually we're beginning to perhaps realise that that's true. And if that's true, then I think we're underperforming in the Premier League this season, even if we finish fourth or third. So there you go. Kenroy, Blinding question, mate. Keep them coming on Discord, people. Right now, almost drum roll time. It's time to figure out the fannies for April. So what we're going to do, I've got a few kind of nominations here. Me and the boys are going to sift through and find our, our favourite three for each one. And then I'll put them out on a poll for you lot on Discord and Twitter and everywhere else. And then we'll announce the winners next Monday on next Monday's show. So very quickly, um, 
I mean, you've all seen this, so I won't bore you with the with them each. Well, I will actually. Fulham, Havertz, Mount, Mendy, Real, Kante, Jorginho, Mount, West Ham, Mount, City, Rudiger, Ziyech, Porto at home, Pulisic, Rudiger, Kante, Palace, Pulisic, Mount, Jorginho, Porto what? away, James, Aspie. Um, I think there was a match missing there because everybody was shit. It must have been West Brom. Um, so out of that, what I've decided to do is who got the most mentions. And basically, it's Mount, Kante, Jorginho and Pulisic. You could argue that Rudiger deserves a mention there. But um, I would like you to choose three from Mount, Kante, Jorginho, Pulisic, unless you make a very, very good case to me, Dean. Uh, I would drop Pulisic, I think, and have um, Mount, Kante, Jorginho. But there's, there's two matches missing, Brighton as well. Yeah, they were shit in that too. That's why. If, because the boys on Discord, if they don't like it, they don't nominate anybody. They, I tell you, they don't muck about these chaps, all right? They do not muck about. Adam, what say you? Uh, I agree with Dean. I'd drop out Pulisic and, okay, and go two, Kante Mount, Virginia. Two out for uh, for Pulisic. Not looking good for Captain America, JK. What about you? It's 3-0. I agree. <sighs> Love it. Okay. Well, I, I would drop Jorginho out, but it wouldn't make any difference because you've already given the old uh, cold shoulder to Pulisic. So, going forward for next week are Mount, Kante and Jorginho. I like the fact that none of us have, ma- have nominated any defenders who have arguably been our best performers for the last month. But hey, what do I know? I just I just run the show. What do I know? Right, salary moment, a little bit easier. We need three from the following. Uh, Tuchel dissing Thibaut Courtois and... Uh, at the end of the match, he basically, Courtois came up to shake his hand and he completely blanked him and shook Eden Hazard and still, which I thought was priceless. Uh, Porto's manager, Conceição, getting two yellow cards in consecutive, consecutive games, yellow card on each for being a gobby shite. Uh, Tuchel telling Pepe to fuck off after the Porto match, which again I thought was just brilliant. Proper Chelsea excelled. Uh, Mason Mount facing down uh, Zahar in the Palace game. And the last one, I, I don't remember this, but the boys on Discord swear blind by it. Timo running with the ball, leaving it behind him and not knowing where it went, which made them laugh a lot. So three from those five. Adam? Uh, Tuchel ignoring Courtois, because yep. that was hilarious. Um, yeah, him coming up with, with to face to face with Pepe. Although I don't know if he told him to to f off. To be allegedly, but, allegedly. But, um, but yeah, that was very amusing. And yeah, Mount facing down with Zaha because okay. um, Mount said so. I can't remember what Mount said. Now it was picked sort of lip lip red amateur lip red, uh, and I can't remember what he said. But it was it was quite amusing. I remember probably that much money for Man United. You're having a laugh, um, Dino. Yeah, my picks will be the same as Adam's. Uh. Goodness me, it's good. JK. Uh, first, Tuchel dissing Courtois. Yep. Uh, Tuchel telling Pepe to fuck off, yep. which I thought was great. There was a lot of confrontation, a lot of finger pointing. But the, the, my favourite, of course, is Timo running with the ball, leaving it behind, not knowing where it went, which I have to say is something he does practically every game. So uh, I'm, not, um, I'm not convinced it's a moment. It should be celery moments with that. I also felt Timo attempting to do the overhead kick and kicking the ball into his face at the weekend was one of the funny moments as well for me. Didn't, but, didn't uh, make the cut, mate. But, no, it didn't. Uh, it didn't. But I think anything involving Timo, I'd vote for. All right. Well, I tell you what, I love, I love Viva la Difference, JK, but I'm going to go for the same as uh, Adam and, and Dino on that. So, oh! so those three will go through to the final. And the last, but by no means, we've got six Guinness uh, 
uh, nominations, all right? A, a, a moment that makes you feel vaguely sexual in a match, Adam, as you well know. Um, maybe you're not allowed to feel like that in the press box, but uh, in the stands you certainly are. Uh, right, Fulham. Um, and we are going to include Saturday's match because I, I erroneously included it and it's too late to change my mind now. So Mount's touch, stroke, pass, Mendy's save. Real, Pulisic's goal. Uh, City, Werner's pass for the goal. If you remember, Ziyech scored it. Porto at home, Jorginho nutmegging two players. Palace, Havertz flick over the defender. Porto away, Mount's turn and goal. JK. We have to do three of these as well, do yeah, we? Yeah, pick three out of that lot. Well, definitely um, Mount's touch and pass. Quite absolutely, phenomenally brilliant. Yep. Should win, win it. Superb. Um uh, I think that the Pulisic goal is more what it represented rather than the goal itself. It was great though, so I'll have that one. I really like that one. And yep. um, and that and the uh, the Havertz flick over the defender, which is a shame he didn't um, he didn't score the goal with it because it was brilliant. So they would be the three for me. Okay, Adam. Yeah, I'd go Mount's touch and pass uh, against Fulham. Pulisic's goal against Real Madrid. And Mason's goal in the first leg against Porto, his turn and finish. Gotcha. Dino? I'd go with Mount's touch and pass, Pulisic's goal, and my last one would be Mendy's save against Fulham. Goal blimey. Okay, this is really good. So definitely uh, Mount's touch and pass, second Pulisic's goal... And then we've got a tie between Havertz's flick and Mount's turn and goal. And as I'm the chairman, I get... And Mendy save, Mendy save. No, no, but he only got one vote. Oh, did he? Sorry, There's, there's sorry. two each for Havertz's flick sorry, sorry, and Mount's sorry. turn and goal. And sorry. I would love to vote for Havertz's flick because it, it was definitely a very sexual moment. But it, 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 it was a bit, you know, I, I almost said a joke, which probably I would get away with these days, so I won't. Uh, not allowed, any, not allowed, not allowed yeah. any religious jokes. Uh, so I'm going to go for Mount's turn and goal, all right? So there you go. So those are the three that are going forward. Gentlemen, you've been utterly, utterly, utterly fantastic tonight. Well done. And I'm afraid that is, in fact, all we've got time for. Uh, so me, JK, Dan Silver and Sam Incasol from Football.London will be back on Friday for the preview show with assorted guests at 7pm live on Mixler. Uh, and we will be looking back, of course, at Chelsea's match against Real Madrid tomorrow night and ahead to Saturday's match against Man City. Hopefully we will have you great news to bring. Uh, and next Monday, JK and I will be joined by, look at this for a lineup, JK, blimey, Clayton Beerman, the oh. housewife's choice, yes. and the legend that is Marco Worrell. Oh. Goodness me, we'll have to be on our A game that night. Uh, now, we'll all be looking back at the Man City match and ahead to Chelsea's midweek match against Arsenal. I mean, it's two matches a week. The games just keep coming, don't they? Now, don't forget to check out Dean's Went to Mo Kings Meadow podcast on the Chelsea FC women's team. You know he does a great job, as we keep telling you, uh, and he does. And the Fancast, as you know, is available as a podcast, as is Went to Mo Kings Meadow, on ChelseaFancast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud and Spotify, as well as other podcast distributors so there you go now uh, as you all know we've got a bit of a patreon channel going on as does dean actually for uh, uh went to mo king's meadow don't you mate how do they how do they find you on patreon uh yeah just patreon.com forward slash went to mo king's meadow um slightly different format to what the fan cast offers but um well we don't offer anything value. so it couldn't be hard yeah so we offer sort of two tiers one is just a small donation to help you have tiers yeah and one tears is... for me as you should call it yeah, I could if um, Patron would let me. Um, 
they seem tight on their copyright. Yeah, and one is um, some exclusive stuff they can get from joining up on there. Brilliant. So yeah. So there you go. He's been he's been going for three or four months, and he's already offering more on his Patreon account than we are. I'm I feel I feel humiliated. Uh, actually, it's not entirely true. Um, you do obviously get automatic entry into the fantastic Discord group that we have, and also Dean has a Discord group for Went to Mo King's Meadow, uh, by the way. Uh, but also, uh, if you want one, I will send you a mini uh, Kerry Dixon banner, a replica of the one that sta- sits in the Matthew Harding end. Um, and when I get the next delivery of course because we're there's a whole batch to go out from people who ordered them ages ago and then we've got another batch uh, that hasn't arrived yet but hopefully will soon but you get a carry banner and a membership of the discord group you can donate whatever you like we don't have tears oh no no tears for us it's whatever you like you know as little or as uh, large as you like we don't mind we just love having you on board and we really appreciate it because you, you 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 know believe it or not there are costs associated with doing this and it helps to pay the bills so thank you thank you thank you thank you we love you all uh now um there was a few emails this week as you know uh which we love to get um by all means send them through to chelseafancast@gmail.com of course we're on at chelseafancast on all the social media instagram twitter facebook so you can send them there as well and of course on patreon and discord too as you well know uh you can follow us at chelseafancast me at stanford chidge jonathan at jonathan kid dean at dean mears and adam at adam newson uh and there we go that's it uh dino great to see you mate as always yeah always a pleasure and you know thanks again for the continued support of uh went to king's meadow so without you it wouldn't be um published or people wouldn't be able to listen to it so um yeah you do the hard work um oh i do don't the- you do the hard work mate i do the easy bit it's fantastic really I'm, i i i can't tell you how proud i am of you for putting it together it's a cracking show well done mate and it, and it goes upwards on a trajectory that is brilliant um adam as always a delight to see you my friend Thank you very much for having me, guys, and for letting me stick around, as always, for a couple of hours. No, it's a real pleasure. We love getting your insight. Uh, good luck tomorrow, both of you. JK, my old bean, how lovely to see you all. It's been, it's been an adventure, this, this episode, let me tell you. It's been even more entertaining than an episode of Nog in the Nog and Pogleswood put together. Oh, dear me. Well, I was a great fan of Ivor the Engine, of course, and I'd like to do my Ivor the Engine impression. Well, quickly, because I've got, like, two yeah, minutes. Very quickly, very quickly yes. There you go. Uh, on that weird note, uh, I'm going to say thank you, everybody, for listening on Mixler. As always, we love to see you in there. It's been brilliant to have you in there. Thank you to those listening as a podcast. We'll see you on Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Up the chills! Up the chills! Up the chills!